to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Kim. And I'm Vicky. That was his plan, to destroy the entire warehouse. We lost, Artie. Not yet. This is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 1, A New Hope. Guest cast, Brent Spiner as Brother Adrian, Anthony Michael Hall as Walter Sykes, Lester Holt as himself, and Jamie Murray as H.G. Wells. Created by Brent Moat and Jane Espenson. Written by Jack Kenny, John Paul Nickel, and Michael Jones Morales. Directed by Chris Fisher. Original air date was July 23rd, 2012. And now, the episode Quick Cat. Walter Sykes' bomb destroyed the warehouse. Mrs. Frederick and H.G. Wells are dead. Artie thinks that James McPherson's watch can help them in some way, but he does not know how. Over and above the loss of the warehouse and the death of their friends, the Euterbium chamber that held Pandora's box was destroyed. And in the bottom of Pandora's box, all that remained was hope. Hope was gone. The loss of hope was already having a devastating effect on the world, causing the stock market to crash, rioting, looting, and mass suicides worldwide. After some research, Artie pushes the button on the watch and finds that it is counting down 24 hours. It began counting at the destruction of the warehouse, and now only 23 hours remain to find a failsafe located at the underground sect of the Templars, the Brotherhood of the Knights of the Black Diamond. Claudia and Artie find the entrance and Magellan's astrolabe, which relates to the watch, but is missing the Alidade. Brother Adrian shows up while Claudia is in the tunnel and threatens Artie. Pete and Micah arrive in time to save Artie from the Brotherhood, leaving Claudia trapped in the tunnel. They find that the Alidade is hidden somewhere at or near St. Peter's tomb at the Vatican. Pete and Artie find the elevator to the tomb and find the Alidade, but Brother Adrian and his men intervene. Both Pete and Brother Adrian suffer knife wounds, but Pete is able to give the peace to Artie before he dies. Before Brother Adrian dies, he warns Artie that he must never tell anyone about using the astrolabe. Anyone he might tell will be in grave danger. He also warns that he is creating an evil of his own making that he will have to live with for the rest of his life. Artie is willing to bear the burden and uses the astrolabe. Time reverses back to the minutes before Walter blows up the warehouse. This time, instead of trying to defuse the bomb, they defuse Walter with Gandhi's dhoti. The warehouse is safe and no one but Artie knows about the alternate timeline they lived through over the last 24 hours. Is it some kind of a, a, a warehouse rebuilder? What are you waiting for, Hardy? Wave the watch and rebuild the warehouse. You think you can bring back Steve and HG too? Please, have something up your sleeve. Hardy, if we ever needed some sort of warehouse magic, now would be the time. Look, all I can tell you is that this is some kind of a key to what might be a failsafe device. So we're back with Season 4, Episode 1, A New Hope. The artifacts of the week from Wiki Warehouse are Ferdinand Magellan's Astrolabe. The Astrolabe was first used by Maximilian de Robichir, a French lawyer and politician, to turn French public opinion against the king. However, after using the Astrolabe, Robichir began to turn against what he believed in. Robichir at first tried to use the Astrolabe so French people could govern themselves, but then started using the guillotine to keep them in line. This event led to the Reign of Terror. This was the downside of the astrolabe, according to Robichir. If any man shall live the same day twice, his reason shall fracture, 
and he shall live his life as two until there is only one. And as darkness overcomes the light, so shall evil overcome goodness, and eventually the darkness will extinguish the light and rule forever. And here's Kim with Durante Barasa's Pocket Watch. The watch provides a countdown and direction to find an, an artifact. Although Dante had a direct connection to Ferdinand Magellan, the description of his effects leads to unclear as to whether the watch leads directly to Magellan's astrolabe in the event of the warehouse destruction or if it leads to any artifact the user desires or requires. So it's your turn to start, but I just had a question. When we recorded The Greatest Gift, you mentioned offline that you watched ahead accidentally and Mm -hmm. that something about this episode annoyed you. So I was trying to guess while I was watching what it was. Oh, you couldn't guess what it was? Uh, I have a couple of guesses. Oh, God, the constant questions. Oh, my God, it's so annoying. You know, it's constant. Like, towards the end, it's constant, constant. Why? How did you know? And I'm going, just shut up and let's go. You you have to save the world. Let's go already. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it was the questions after questions. And, you know, Artie's trying to get everything together because he's trying to get his wits about him. Right. And you're barbaring him with questions after questions after questions. It's so annoying. It's like, shut up for a minute. I see that now, yeah. I had another annoyance kind of along the same lines, but I thought it was that Claudia was a dick this whole episode. Who cares? Mrs. Frederick is dead. Steve is dead. H.G. is dead. I'm not going. It's too late already, isn't it? We're never going to get there in time. In time for what? In time to go back far enough to save Steve. I'm taking the metronome. I'm bringing him back. You know what? Pull my elbows down. Put your knee right on Yeah, that's going to happen. Oh! <laughs> well, you know, I know she had an attitude, but it kind of calmed down when she was in the cave. Right, right, finally. <laughs> yeah, they had to trap her in a cave for her to calm down. <laughs> Don't lose hope, guys. Just find the other part. If you can make it work, I won't ever have gone in here, right? Are you guys still there? Yeah, Claude. Don't worry. Why? Get the hell out of here. Forget about me. Just go get the thing and make it work. Now. Go now. You should be gone already. I was like, oh my God. What is... And I mean, I know that she lost Steve and she's never going to get over that. But they lost other people too. Right. You know, and I get it that, you know, the world has lost hope. So that was probably kind of affecting her too. Mm-hmm. But she was like that before the world lost hope. So I thought that was going to be it. <laughs> yeah. You know, even when she told Artie, you're not going to stop me. Yeah. What was that all about? Artie never said anything to her. It was Mrs. Frederick that wanted her to give the metronome back. Right. Jeez. You know, sometimes... I want to say, like, things have a way of coming around. Yeah. You now there's sometimes a purpose for everything. Don't think this is over. I will remember what I have to do, and nothing will stop me from doing it. The other thing, too, that I got is hate. Um, you know, when he took the cloth, and I forgot to write down what the cloth was. It was Gandhi's dhoti. And they placed it over Walter. And they talk about it wasn't, you know, the bomb. It was him. You know, when I think about, you know, it's funny because I keep on saying, you know, about this hate, love thing going on even today. And that's sometimes the only way to conquer hate, you know, is with love. You got to have it to fix that. So, Michael, if we don't do something, this thing is going to destroy the whole warehouse. Hey, don't panic, all right? You, you said that the bomb was fueled by hatred, right? Yeah, well, we thought that the pure peace of Gandhi's dhoti would counteract Hitler's pure hatred. It's not the bomb. It's not the bomb. Of course, 
The hatred. Right. So if hatred is what ignites the bomb, then we don't need to defuse the bomb. We need to defuse Walter Sykes. Right. And it ended up being, it was, you know, the child saying, I'm sorry. And then he said he was sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Now, I'm trying to remember when I watched it the first time that Pete said something about, how did you know? Because he told him, Pete, go back to get him. And how did you know? No, I kept on saying, please don't let it be another question. <laughs> <laughs> so we're supposed to start with your notes, but I wanted to ask that. So go ahead. So, but anyways, we're already into it. So it's something about the watch. And they do start getting the clues of what the watch is and the brotherhood. Like you were saying, Indiana Jones. But the brotherhood <laughs> and, you know, protection of the, Lord have mercy, what is it? The uh, Astrolabe. Yeah. You know, works. But then I was cracking up too with Michael. <laughs> she said, just go in and find it. You know, she gets arrested. You know, she breaks the window and stuff. I actually thought she was going to flirt with the guy. Oh. That's how I thought she was going to do it. Oh. When she broke the window, I'm going, hey, okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to distract them by flirting or something. I was kind of wrong on that one because I was like, okay, Michael, go ahead. You know, Pete did say something about her, you know, always watching her wait or something like that and, you know, whatever, whatever. So I thought she's going to, you know, maybe flirt for a slice of pizza. I don't know. <laughs> 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 and the other thing that was for too the football you know the football is a tracker yeah we finally find that out yeah yeah because you always see this football coming through and nobody says what it is for oh i knew that wasn't regulation wait wait so so the football isn't an artifact uh, it's an artifact tracker no the football is constantly in the process of collecting information on various artifacts all over the world it would normally download that information to the warehouse system as it passes overhead now that we have a clue black diamond the football is our only resource lena and uh what's his name oh good Lord, oh i forgot his name too the guy from the grocery store just call him the regent we'll know it when we find it lena you've got to talk to mr keeler uh keeler that that was the regent from the grocery store the one who let us into the vault right yes he's also got a master's in history from usd rapid city and he's got access to a private regent's library there and you are going to need him to do the research uh, what am i researching a plan right i mean if we're going to somehow get the day back we're going to need a plan to stop the bomb precisely okay the regent and uh you know from the black diamond but i thought for some reason i know when they talk about truffles but i thought they were actually black diamonds why do I think that's not a thing? What do you mean? You know when they talk about the black diamonds in the watch? Yeah. And Chloe saying she couldn't find black diamonds, but I thought black diamonds was a thing or that black diamonds were food. Um, I think she said she couldn't find anything about them unless you're a jewelry store. I think I've heard of them before. And who knows? I could have heard of them in another TV show, which doesn't mean they're real either. But right, because they could be uh, lab-created diamonds. I'm not sure. But she said she couldn't find anything unless, you know, you're looking for a jewelry store. Right. And the other question was, when did they get an SUV? Did I miss this? Have they always had an SUV? The warehouse did, yeah. They did? Oh, okay. forgot about that. We've seen it before. We mentioned it specifically once when, I, I can't remember the episode now. Yeah, we probably did, but I'm like, you missed something before. We probably did. Lester Holt is with us about an even more bizarre development. Lester? When he asked to watch TV and the world was like doomed, it was like, no hope. 
Ed, thanks. In dozens of major cities around the world this morning's panic is trending towards spates of both individual and group suicides. Here in New York, there have been at least 16 separate incidents reported. Witnesses say in most cases an overwhelming depression gripped the victims and ultimately led them to take their own lives. You know, my peak moment when he didn't hit on the flight attendant. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, there, there's definitely something going on there. Our minds are starting to interpret weather and music, sounds, colors in a duller, darker context. Our brains are producing far fewer endorphins. That explains why Pete didn't hit on that flight attendant. I know, right? That's not like me. Because Pete's always doing something. He, when he caught the football, you know, he was doing his little kneel and his little <sighs> Yeah, that Tim Tybo thing. Yeah, he was doing that. You know, they're saying, too, as time went on, you start to feel it more. And even at one point, I'm going, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I say, here we go. So, Artie, you already just lost. Micah got arrested. Right. Claudia's locked up in some little cave thing, little tunnel, and then Pete dies. I kind of felt bad for Artie because Artie has a tear. Artie usually has some kind of little, like, annoyance. He's always seemed like he's annoyed. And this time he showed compassion, even in the world of doom. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, it is very likely you're also a fan of Eureka. And if you aren't, you should be. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so I'm going to jump in because this was one of the annoying things. Because when they first get to the pizza place or whatever it was, the Italian restaurant, they only had 30 minutes left. 30 minutes, that's all they had left. So Mm -hmm. you have to imagine once they got in the elevator and figured out how to open the elevator and fought with all these guys that there was a lot less time. So I understand Artie being upset over Pete dying, but he was wasting so much time. He only had probably at this point 10, 15 minutes to use the astrolabe Mm -hmm. before time stays like that. And Mm -hmm. he was wasting so much time over Pete dying and I get it. And then Brother Adrian wakes up and tells him not to use it. And it was just a whole long, drawn-out thing before he used the astrolabe. And I'm like, you had 30 minutes when you started to find this tunnel. Yeah, that's how it was like last week, too. It's always, what are you waiting for? Right. I was losing it. That's why I'm saying that was kind of like everybody asking him questions when they're in a hurry to do something. Mm -hmm. We only have 30 minutes. I understand you're upset about Pete. You didn't have to stop to listen to Brother Adrian. You could have just done it while he was talking. You know, it was just so annoying. Well, he had to tell him what he had to tell him. Though. Right, I get it. But he did a lot of stopping and pausing instead of just going about mm-hmm. his business while he was listening, you know. So, yeah, that drove me crazy. Yeah, because technically, once he got it fixed, you're, you're reversing time anyway. So Pete would be alive. So let's, let's get this over yeah, with. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and Pete would still be alive and everybody would be alive. And, and, right. And Claudia wouldn't be stuck in a tunnel and Michael wouldn't be arrested. But yeah, exactly. Get it moving. Get it moving. Just yep. like last episode in The Greatest Gift. You know, Pete jumps into that fiery vortex or whatever it was. But he had the thing in his hand. So, you know, he, he might be dead there and already died there. But you know that wasn't going to happen if he got his timeline back. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I understand being upset, but let's get moving. <laughs> right. Because once he does it, 
everybody's going to be lost. You're, you're going back into time. Exactly. So let's go. Yeah. The other thing was when the uh, head of the Brotherhood, when he says evil of your own making. Now that stuff was going to stick because at one point you're doing something that you're not supposed to do. Because he's going, oh my God, what have I done? And that's kind of what it says in the description. Mm-hmm. If any man shall live the same day twice, his reason shall fracture, and he shall live his life as two until there is only one. And then it says, as darkness overcomes the light, so shall evil overcome the goodness, and eventually the darkness will extinguish the light and rule forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was some deep stuff. If you do this, you can tell no one. Anyone you tell of your actions will be in grave danger. If you use the astral name, you will create an evil of your own making, an evil that will live with you the rest of your days. So anyway, we're at the warehouse now, and back to being where we're supposed to be. And uh, Miss Rose, <laughs> what did you do? And Artie's like, lost for work? Something strange is going on. Well, it's warehouse 13. I mean, isn't something strange always going on? Not like this. No doubt you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Arthur Nielsen at a loss for words. You've done something. Right, because number one, he's the only one who remembers that HG saved them. Right. Everybody remembers all the things she did to help them up to that point. But he's the only one who remembers that she sacrificed herself. So they all find it suspicious that he's advocating for HG. And that combined with the gray streak she has in her hair now is really suspicious. And she knows he did something. Oh, yes indeed. This is a sudden and miraculous change of opinion. It's quite unlike you. If I recall in the past, you've been the most vocal opponent of Miss Wells having her freedom. My point is that in my gut, I know that if she had to, H.G. Wells would give her life for the warehouse. I know it. And I think I've earned the occasional, I'm going to go with Hardy's gut on this. Don't you? We have to add another person to our Star Trek roster. Brent Spiner whose brother Adrian was Lieutenant Commander Data on The Next Generation for all seven years that that show ran. Oh, wow. He's also been on the new show Picard as Data and as another character that I can't remember his name right now. So we're adding him to our Star Trek roster. At the beginning, when I saw Anthony Michael Hall's name in the credits, I thought it had something to do with the shackle. Because back in Stand, when Jane grabbed his hand, it looked like the shackle transferred to him. And I actually wrote that in the recap when I wrote the recap for that show. It looked like the shackle transferred to him. And even in the recap, I said he was presumed dead because I really wasn't sure. I didn't know if the shackle saved him. And so when I saw his name in the credits, I was like, oh, I was right. But I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) My theory about the warehouse saving HG was incorrect, too. But when I saw her name on the credits, that's what I thought. I said, oh, she's coming back. So the warehouse must have saved her like I thought. But... It was just that she came back because they turned time back. Right. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, the green screen was terrible in this episode. Oh, yes. That's what I forgot. Yes. When they were standing outside okay. the warehouse with the football? Yes. 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 So I don't know what the name of this is, but it wasn't even the green screen. It was the way they looked, mm-hmm. their faces and everything. Yeah. It reminded me of, you know how Toy Story, it's animation, but it's Pixar animation. 
Yes. But then there's, did you ever see the Polar Express? Yes. They almost look like real people, though. The animation was different from Toy Story. Mm -hmm. They almost looked real, but they were animated. That's how all their faces look, especially Pete. Mm -hmm. When they did a close-up on Pete, I was like, he almost looks animated. Yes. Yes, it was terrible this time. Yeah, it was awful. Back in the elevator, when Pete and Artie get attacked by Brother Adrian and his goons... I was kind of shocked when Pete came out of the elevator after stabbing Brother Adrian, smiling. Even though they needed the Elidade, Pete normally would have been upset about having to kill somebody for it. And then I saw that he was stabbed, so I'm assuming that he did it in self-defense. But still, I think Pete would have been more upset about having to kill somebody in self-defense. He smiled. Yeah, I think that he was smiling because he has something that can make everything better. Yeah, I guess. He had to die for the cause. You know, we learn that Artie can't tell anybody about the alternate timeline, which kind of says in the description, you alone have to live two until you become one, whatever that means. But he's willing to live with the evil that Brother Adrian warns him about, and he turns everything back. And then in the middle of the night, Claudia takes the metronome, and Artie's having visions of Claudia attacking him. So I think he thinks the evil he created is in Claudia. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And then there were a couple of things that I thought were funny about the episode. When Artie was describing the Templars, how they're so one-minded and they don't care about anything else but doing whatever their job is. And Pete's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty much describing himself. And I think he realized it after Pete said, yeah, I hate people like that. <laughs> In, hook, signal, wind case. By this time we conquer. It's a Templar motto. I hate running into the Knights of the Templar. They're always so dense and they're... Overly devoted to whatever kooky task they've been given. Yeah, that would be annoying. Then when they were all in the cab and talking shop and the driver says something about their spaceship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all just talking about this whole mission in front of him. And he, he must be thinking, what the heck is the matter with these people? The percussive force of the House of Commons masonry was fueled by the Nazi regime's hate. That's why it was so powerful. More than any war in history, Hitler's campaign was driven by pure violent hate. We're thinking an artifact of pure peace might counteract it. That sounds reasonable. Any ideas? Uh, something that Sergeant Shriver owned. He was the first director of the Peace Corps. Yeah, or the first peace treaty ever signed. We must have that. A peacekeeping missile. And that's why this is not my department. We'll find something, Artie. All right, good. I assume your alien mothership will be taking you back home. My favorite part was Claudia imitating Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Trust me, DC's watched Winnie the Pooh, he's still watching it. And I know that whole story by heart and all the lines that she was saying by heart. That's right, she just started singing a song. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, that was a good part, too. Hey, Pooh Bear, you want to let me do that? Now do you see why it was important that you came along? Yeah, just picture you trying to get through here. Oh, help and bother, all I'm right, stuck. Right. I'm so rumbly with my tongue, Stop silly it. old bear. Enough. I think that's pretty much all I had. Yeah, it was it was a decent episode. Some of the stuff was a little bit off. And even when you just said something about the taxi driver, even with the chaos that's going around, and he sees the guys, you don't see the Brotherhood? And that's why he asked them about their spaceship. I'm assuming that was just put in for comic relief. But I'm assuming, like Artie said, the Brotherhood owned this town, so they don't have to stay hidden. So I have to imagine that people are just used to seeing them. Well, I would have thought that he would have said... So what did you do to have them following you? I would have just thought 
So what did you do? Maybe because, like already said, it's their territory. So maybe they just follow anybody who's new to their territory. Mm. And maybe yeah, the taxi true. driver just is used to seeing them following people around. Yeah. That was my guess. But, but yeah, I don't have any more notes. Do you have anything? No, I was light on this one. It was a good episode, though. I liked it. Yeah, I said it was decent. All right. So we'll be back next week for episode two. I don't know the name of it, but that's okay. All right, see you All next right. week. All right, see you next week. Where are you, are you, are you going? going? To the warehouse. You know it blew up though, right? Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for season four, episode two, An Evil Within. Bye now. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Dud Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th warehouse. On Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse, on our website at the13thwarehouse.com or on Podbeat. Theme music for the 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in the 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.